0: Hey guys, you're listening to Butterfly Road, where we talk everything sport and mental health. I'm Ginny McGowan, joined by Carrie Ricardo, and it's time to get mentally naked.
1: Welcome back. We are now (laughs) here for episode. What's so funny? We're here for episode two. (laughs) Do you want to just like catch up or something? Sure. Well, obviously, things that have been going on in my life. I've been watching The Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. Did
0: you watch um,
1: Tuesday? Of course, I watched. I'm a diehard and I don't have any favorites. I think the guys are a little vanilla, if we will. Um, and I know, I know who wins, so oh, it's kind of like, spoilers? well, I don't read them, but I, I, I've seen who wins this in this case. Don't spoil it for anyone. Okay, never mind. Never mind. You'll have to tune in to to see.
0: The hotel they're staying at doesn't
1: even look that nice. Like really? They couldn't get- No, isn't it like the La Quinta? Yeah, it looks like Or is it, <laughs> or is it a high-end La Quinta? A best. Or is it just named La Quinta <laughs> and it's actually like a resort? I have no clue. They are at least happy that they can, like, hug other people and be yeah, around other people. True. They're It's about being grateful during this time. They have to come up with so much bullshit for these dates. Yeah, like, throwing <laughs> the dress into the fire pit. I was like, oh, Yeah, geez. what the hell? That is the last date that that guy wanted to go on, let me tell you. He yeah. was like, I did not come all the way here to do that. <laughs> Brandon? Um, the one who oh, was like, oh, I... He- I don't agree <laughs> with him getting sent home. The fact that he didn't know everything about her and, like... Her favorite this and that. I was like, he didn't do his research and it's not his problem. Like he's probably a normal dude that wasn't obsessed with bachelor nation. Wasn't, it the same, wasn't he the same guy that like was really awkward the first night? I think it was him too, but he's like know. very handsome. I feel like he's just like a nervous Nelly. Well yeah. now he could be a nervous Nelly not on the show. I'm a nervous Nelly. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Why don't you tell us the meaning behind B Road?
0: Butterfly Road.
1: Yes, Butterfly Road.
0: Where do I start? So this was after we decided to do the podcast and then I was trying to come up with names and I just was writing down a bunch of words. But Butterfly Road is what we eventually ended up on and it does have symbolism aside from the whole butterfly thing, which Carrie is the one that pointed that out to me. And she was, I think she originally thought that's what it meant, but actually for me, when I was really young and I think it was in middle school and we, I would carpool with my friend, her mom would drive us to soccer practice, which was indoor. So it was during the winter and it was kind of a long drive. It was like 30 minutes Um, and something that I tend to do with my anxiety is I'll basically postpone it. I'll like, I'll literally be like, okay, you can have fun now, but tomorrow at 12 PM is when you need to start getting ready mentally and preparing for the worst quote unquote. And so for me during this car ride, that was, I was fine during like the first 15 minutes, but once we got off this one exit and it was called Butterfield road, I started freaking out like my stomach would drop. I would start getting really nervous for the practice or the game and I, because it made it, like I knew we were close to um, the complex. and so my friend and her mom, they would immediately notice something was wrong. They'd be like, okay, well you just stop talking like right away so something something's going on. So they knew that they I mean they I think they had like an inkling that I was dealing with some shit. So they started, we kind of had this joke, like, oh, we're getting onto Butterfly Road right now. Like, this is it. Start to get ready, mentally prepare." And um, so I guess what I was telling Carrie when I was explaining the name to her was this Butterfly Road. It was kind of, it's kind of like a trigger. And we all experience different triggers in our life, you know, whether that be all the time. That you're feeling triggered, or little things that will bring back past memories. Um, so, like your anxiety or your depression might be onset because of a trigger. Um, who knows? But um, I thought it was good and symbolic in that way. It had personal meaning to
1: me. When Carrie told me her interpretation of it, I actually thought that was really good too. So, if you want what to- when I basically that I was saying that doesn't a butterfly symbolize like hope and like life and stuff like that, and basically like you're going on a road like towards, I don't know, like a hopeful life. And that's what I thought like the symbolism was before I knew. I like the little butterfly emoji is super cute. So oh, well, I guess if you're into that, I know she loves that stuff. I started seeing butterfly emojis all over the Instagram. I was like, oh gosh, here we go. I will say this about the triggers and how you, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but you basically gave yourself permission to have fun at first and then boom, it would hit your anxiety would hit you at a certain point Mm -hmm. or your trigger. You would say, okay, I'm going to have fun for the rest of the day. But as soon as it hits nighttime, I'm going to start to get anxious again, but I'll give myself permission to like enjoy the day. And that kind of helped delay your anxiety a little bit, but I still felt anxious. It's basically like
0: this, and I can only speak for myself with performance anxiety, but it's like this looming thing, like my soccer game or my soccer practice. I literally feel like I'm about to die when it starts. And so all this time beforehand, I'm thanking Jesus that I'm not there yet, but it's also, it's like a countdown and I'm super anxious about it. And it's happened with um, national camps too. Like when I'd get invited, you'd have a start date. They'd usually email you what, a month to two months out. Mm -hmm. So like the first two weeks after getting that, I tried to not think about it at all. But then when it started getting like four weeks out or three weeks out, I just was slowly declining. Like my mental health was just deteriorating. My irritability was increasing every single day. The amount I was crying increased every
1: single night. So yeah, it's basically what you said. That's a longer version that I just pointed out. But Right. Yeah. And I didn't know that about you. And I didn't know you had this whole butterfly road experience as a child. That seems like very traumatic. And I'm sorry that we have to kind of like bring it up, but it's important for people to understand. But I actually do this every day with things that I get anxious about, I use this technique. I don't know. I thought I invented this. And I, yeah, I literally thought I invented the like delay anxiety technique. And clearly I didn't because you use it too. We can say that we invented it because maybe someone else does it. I don't know. But but I would love to talk about this next episode. I feel like we could go on and on about it, but there's stuff I do now as a professional athlete that I delay my anxiety until a certain point. And it, it does work some, like you said. I think there's still like nerves or feelings of anxiousness or feelings of sadness, depending on like what I'm delaying. But I think it's definitely like a really cool thing for someone to try. But I just thought when you told me that, I was like, oh, you were like, oh, I, I do this weird thing where I would like not get nervous till t- I went on Butterfly. I'm like, I literally do that every day, which oh, is so weird.
0: But mine isn't, I'm not trying to do it. Oh, really? It's just happening. And it, I don't like it it doesn't, it's not like good for me.
1: <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, if something bad's happening Friday, I'm going to not let myself worry about it until Thursday night. That's when I'm like, oh crap, it's Thursday night. and Now I can worry about it. But for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday day, I'm just going to enjoy my time and, and give myself permission. Like enjoy your life. Don't think about it until Thursday night and Thursday night. It's like looming in the distance. And then it hits me like a freaking load of bricks again. Yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't, is that the best way to do it? I don't know.
0: I mean, you probably experienced it completely differently and that probably does work for you and that's fine. Like if that works for you, that's totally fine. Like it's not damaging to your day-to-day routine. For me, and I guess I was kind of just fooling myself into thinking I could delay the anxiety because it was always there. And I was always thinking, oh, well, thank God it's not a week from now. And I am gonna about to leave for camp in a couple days. Like I was always just so thankful I wasn't there. And it's like crazy saying out loud. Cause, but I actually thought I was like, when I went there, it was going to be like torture and I would cry every single night, but yeah, we can get into
1: it later. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think we could do a whole episode <laughs> on all of that type of stuff. Yeah. I am very much looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what, where the name came from, but to kind of finish up, we just wanted to briefly touch on something that was more current and just happened and kind of put us both in an uproar so I'm sure most people are familiar with Dak Prescott from the Cowboys and how he recently came out publicly saying that he has been suffering from depression after the suicide of his brother and I which came from the death of his mother from cancer um correct me if I'm wrong I feel like that's a that's kind of it stemmed from for the most part for him. I didn't, I don't
0: really follow the NFL. I like to say that I'm into sports, but I, NFL is not my forte. But after learning and researching about him, he's one of the coolest people ever, Carrie. Like you would, you're, you're going to die. But,
1: anyways, would I invite him over for tea?
0: I, oh, he should be on the podcast. Well, how are we going to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I, but, yeah, we'll, we'll
1: see. We can work on it. We can hit up all of our NFL buddies. Yeah. I I don't have any, but that was a joke. Go on. He's cool.
0: Okay. I'm going to start from the beginning and I'm going to say all my sources from the
1: get-go. So, <laughs> she can- she has anxiety that if she doesn't say her source, she's going to get in trouble. They're going to the police are going to knock on her door and arrest her cuz she didn't say that she got the info from Wikipedia.
0: Wikipedia was one of them. Um, I, wa- I was on sportscasting.com, and I watched the Dak Prescott Family Reunion documentary, and then I also watched a bunch of um, Graham Bensinger, Bensinger? Um, a bunch of his interviews with Dak Prescott and his family on YouTube. Um, so all great resources. Okay, Dak was the youngest of three children. So he had two older brothers and he was raised by Peggy Prescott. So his mom, um, he's from Louisiana, played football in high school. And I actually learned that he at one point was a backup quarterback in high school. Like, isn't that crazy? So yeah, he ended up going to Mississippi state and from the documentary I watched, like he wasn't this five-star recruit and he was actually like, he went to LSU and LSU told basically told him that he was going to be four string quarterback and that they didn't want him. And a fun story I have actually is before they offered him, he was like lifting with the team or other, I don't know how it worked, but he, everyone was listening to him and he was saying a speech or something. And the strength coach literally left the room, went to the coach's office and was like, you need to sign or offer this guy right now. He needs to be our quarterback. Cause he has it. Like he has that it factor. I don't know what it is. And like, I don't even care how good he is, but he's a leader like the strength coach knew right away. So his college career aside, um, I do want to talk about his personal life because he is more than obviously just an athlete. But um, his dad is Nathaniel's mom's Peggy. We talked about it. he had two older brothers. Um, he grew up in a trailer park. Some of the nights his mom, the electricity would turn off. So his mom would have them stay in a hotel Um, So they did have struggles that not very many people go through, especially not me. I have no idea what that's like. Um, And from all the videos I've watched of him, you would never know. So what he said actually about growing up in Trailer Park was that if he were to say it was a struggle, it would be discrediting his mom and brothers for all the work they did. He basically saw it as a good thing, like as a blessing that they were even able to have a home or be able to stay in a motel. So I think from the get-go, just knowing that, that tells you a lot about his um, mentality. Anyways, fast forward to now. And the reason why we are talking about him is because of his comments about mental health. It was a couple of days before his brother passed and he started to experience um, depression and he didn't want to work out anymore. He had no idea what he was going through. Kind of like you were saying before, like you had no idea and you had never felt these feelings before. And so he started experiencing anxiety And then he started talking to people about it. And in his interview, he was basically saying he didn't realize there were that many people that dealt with this. Like once he started talking to people and they were like, oh yeah, I get that sometimes. He was like, really? And so I think even for him, this is like an athlete who is just at like the peak of their career. You know, they're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and he's not even aware that there's people on his team i'm not saying it's his fault but he's there's people going through this every single day and i just think it's hard cuz it's like how are you supposed to be a leader for this person when you don't even know what they're going through you know so in a way it's almost better if everyone opens up and is able to understand what this other person's going through. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent.
1: Um, that vulnerability and connecting with your teammates is a whole other topic that we both have firsthand experience mm-hmm. with that we could talk about another time. But yes, I agree. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, yeah. So he he did say he got the help that he needed um, and that it was definitely a really tough time. But um, my favorite thing that he said during this interview and one of, I think one of the questions was like, do you think it's hard to be a leader when you're kind of opening up about these things? He said, being holding things in and not showing your emotions is what a fake leader does. A real leader is being genuine and being real. And he was basically saying, if he didn't talk about those things, he wouldn't have realized other people go through them and that they're as common as they are, no matter how big of a person you are, you, if you aren't mentally healthy, you can't lead people the right way. And he said, before he leads, his mind needs to be in the right place to do that. And so being transparent, being vulnerable, um, it's all just way better than keeping it in. And that's from someone or for someone who has performance anxiety, like hearing that and hearing one of like the best athletes in America right now say that it's so helpful for small time athletes like me or people who are just starting to get serious with their sport. I
1: just, I agree. I think it's super inspiring that he is coming out and being brave. I Part of me wonders if he, got so rock bottom that he even had a choice and he just was like, this is how I'm feeling. I am yeah. i don't know if he was even conscious of the fact that he was coming out saying he has mental illness or if he was just like, yeah, I feel this way. And I mean, anyone that has the courage to come out publicly and be that vulnerable is inspiring. To me, he's a hero. And what he was going through at the time is something so many people aren't able to empathize with. And I don't think, and this leads into the topic of Skip Bayless and his reaction, but I don't think anyone has... The, is in the place to comment on how he was feeling. I think the only thing you can do when someone expresses those feelings is to offer love and compassion and just kind of try to understand, even though, you know, you never will. I don't think anyone will ever, ever, ever be able to empathize with him. He's in a unique situation. He's a big time athlete that went through some serious, serious family trauma and, and is now dealing with his injury. So we really hope you get better soon, but I I mean, for Skip Bayless to come out and say he's weak and shouldn't have said that or whatever he was saying to the public with his almost 3 million Twitter followers, this man probably should pipe it. And I lost so much respect for him. I don't think he even realized how insensitive he was being. Like, I literally lost my marbles. It couldn't have been more tone deaf what he, he was saying about, him coming out with depression. It was like appalling, really. And I just don't think he knows. And you hope that Skip Bayless never has to experience mental illness firsthand. He just just doesn't know. And maybe one day he will, maybe one day he won't. But he's not able to empathize. But the least a person can do is just listen, hear someone, hear how they're feeling and offer compassion. Because like we've said this entire episode, you can't see mental illness. You just have to kind of hear what someone's saying and basically believe them. Mm -hmm. I was
0: reading... The well, first of all, when I heard him say this, I was on my computer and I watched the video because everyone was like in an uproar on Twitter. I actually wanted to throw my laptop at the wall. Like, I was so infuriated by his comments. And he's a very well respected sports journalist. Like, it's not like he's this guy who's new on the scene. So he has a really big space and a lot of people listen to him. And so it really made me mad that he said these things because it's so damaging. Dak Prescott came, he was being super vulnerable, which is scary to do like nationally and came out with his struggles and created so much progress for the mental health and athletes with mental health and community. And then Skip Bayless just goes and like throws it away. Like all that progress that was made by Dak.
1: But yeah, like, thanks, dude. Thanks for being so brave and inspiring the entire mental health community. I'm just going to basically shut down your bravery and call you weak. It's like, well, what the frick, man? Like, who who are you to say that? Who the hell are you? It says a lot about a person, how they react when someone comes out and expresses their, their um, difficulties with mental illness and mental health.
0: Shannon Sharp, his responses to Skip Bayless are exactly what I was thinking in my head as I was reading through. And, like, Skip Bayless clearly did not deal with the same thing that that da- Prescott dealt with because the way he's saying that Dak needs to get over it is not what would help Dak get over it he's literally here he he goes you got to fight back you can't give into the depression you try to rise above it because it's just how you're built it's how I'm built I believe it's how that man is built rise above it are you
1: this is like painful to listen to no you can't tell someone that you can't you can't, you can't. it's like it makes it worse because they literally don't know how it's not in their control. I I it's like telling someone that has a cold, well, don't have a runny nose, don't sneeze, <laughs> don't don't get a fever, don't whatever. They literally cannot control what oh you're gonna tell your nose to stop running, you're gonna tell your body to stop sneezing. You literally can't. And I don't think people understand. I'm telling you, that is what mental illness is. You cannot control it, just like you cannot control your physical illnesses. I hope everyone is very clear with that and understands that because I I really don't think people do. And I just like, I'm yelling. I'm literally yelling into the microphone. I need to lower the volume.
0: It just, I've read his comments so many times now too. And every time I reread it, it just makes me just as mad as the first time I read it. But Shannon Sharp um, did a really great job at calling him out. And also I looked up Skit because I don't really know a lot about him. So I'm like, for him to speak on this issue, he must've played sports or something or dealt, you know, had a similar experience to Dak. Nope. Didn't play sports. He is, like I said, well-respected sports journalist, but never been in Dak's shoes ever. And you want to not only comment on how he should be leading a football team when you've never done that. And I, I get it. He's a sports commentator, but you also want to comment on his mental health and how you think he should be getting over it when you have an experience thing, And everyone has their own experiences, but I just think, like you said, it's so toned up and so damaging for someone with those same issues to hear that, because that's the exact reason they don't want to come out with it in the first place,
1: is because they're scared people are going to call them weak. Yes, they're, they're uh, people are going to react exactly like that and then treat them differently moving forward. And I don't think we should treat him differently moving forward, except for the fact that I just think he's so brave and he's a hero, but I, I don't think anyone should treat him differently or judge him or anything like that. But I do think that Skip Bayless made a mistake. I hope he knows he made a mistake and I hope he takes this time to now learn from that and educate himself. I think that's the one thing people can do is to continue to educate themselves on this and help eliminate the stigma Mm -hmm. because he, what he said, like he's a lot of the reason why it exists. And I, I'm hoping that he can kind of just move forward from his actions and maybe work really hard to understand because I think that's, um, I've probably made the mistake growing up. I know people in my life that are really close to me have not understood and they've pulled some Skip Baylesses. So I'm, I think that it does exist and it does happen to people, even if someone's really close to them. And I, the one thing I would say is educate yourself and move forward and just don't continue to make the same mistake because that would like really, really bug me.
0: The fact that all these teams and you dealt with this firsthand – you, first of all, didn't have your normal outlet. Like for sports, things were changing every single day once the pandemic first kind of hit the United States. And so you had no idea what the next day was going to bring. I can't imagine how hard that was to prepare for mentally. Every single day, day was a change, a different routine. You know, athletes like their routines too. And then not to mention that you guys had to be in a bubble your entire season
1: basically, I need three episodes to address this. Uh, It was brutal, brutal, brutal. And my, yeah, my mental state, I cannot wait to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I think there's some like really lighthearted, funny stories that I could tell, but then there's some like dark times that I went through. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's, that needs its own like chapter in the book for sure. To To Dak's
0: experience, you know, he wasn't, he was saying he likes to be around his teammates and be a leader. And also he loves talking to people and he wasn't able to have that outlet, his normal sports outlet that he has to help him get through his life. And Skip Bayless was like, yeah, well, coronavirus was hard for us too. I didn't think the network was going to get through it, but we still went to work and we did our jobs. And I was like, but you had that outlet. He still didn't have his normal outlet. So like That's just another point of Skip Bayless
1: that was And like, listen, Skip, it's not about you, you, you. Oh, well, we did this. We did. I don't give like a rat's ass what we did. This is about Dak and his family and what he's going through. And anyone that has the audacity to say me, I, we can take a hike, like literally can hike on out of my face sorry I'm obviously I have I've I've dealt with this firsthand from people that I've been really close to in my life I've I've had people skip Bayless me and that's why I'm very she's like laughing over there it's true I have I've had people skip Bayless me I love how I just turned it into a verb like that's how bad it was I'm gonna use that from now on yeah don't skip Bayless people yeah we we just coined that should we coin that how do we do that can we I don't know but if I'm gonna start using it and yeah but seriously, I, I, I it happens to everyone. I think you've been skip baylist. I'm not trying to speak for you, but you definitely have, right? Yeah, by some people that I like trusted not to skip me. Trusted more than anything in the world. And, and that- that's why that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're getting this conversation rolling. Because of shit like that. Mm-hmm. We do hope you guys genuinely enjoyed listening to that. I think I'm speaking on behalf of both of us and I have to hurry up because Dancing with the Stars is on soon, but I think we just had a load of fun. Like I, that was a blast. So I really hope you guys at least smiled or were able to relate to this in some sort of way. Um, But in terms of final notes, my dear, beautiful graduate of the Mendoza School of Business is going to take it away.
0: That was embarrassing. Okay, so final notes. Please email us. Literally, any stories you have, any anything you want to talk about, anything you want us to cover too. We want to make sure we're providing value to people who deal with these things day to day. Or if you, even if you don't like, and you have a suggestion or you know of an athlete that has dealt with this, please tell us because I want to hear about it. I mean, Lord knows we have enough to talk about just between us two. I know we could ramble on literally till 2024. I'd love to hear everyone's um, recommendations, suggestions,
1: blah, blah, blah. So uh, please do that. Do whatever you you people do to be able to listen to this because I feel like this is valuable stuff. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Let's not bombard them with information a little bit at a time. Yeah. It's I Hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you very soon. Okay. Bye.